This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast to you from our hometown of Burnsville, Minnesota. So glad to be back home. In fact, you are going to love the story you get to hear today. But before we get to our story, Martha, how should people be checking us out online? Well, you know, Jim, they can go to our website, which is IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. That's IWorkForHim.com. And there they can find everything from our story um, on our contact page under our team. We've got pictures of you and I and that just talk a little bit about us and our story that led to radio. And um, our contact page is a really great page. I would love for people to connect with us there if they have any questions or if they, when they're listening to a show, if they hear of somebody that, or somebody they know that goes, you know, they're running their business in a little bit different way. I think I should connect them to Jim and Martha. They could talk to them on the radio. That's what we want. So we really want to connect with people all over the country, and maybe we'll even come and see them in person. That's right. We love going on location, and today we are on location. Love that. Overlooking from this this office, you can, if not for the green trees, you could see downtown Minneapolis and downtown St. Paul. If you stood up, oh, look at I stand up. Can I see it? No, I still, the trees are too tall. Unbelievable. No, but you know what I was going to say? In Minnesota, you know that when you know that there's a road right here named this, it goes all the way straight. You know, in Florida, (laughs) they they give it 12 different names between here and the river. It's so funny. We'd also love, did you give them the phone number? 866-713-9675. Call. Call us, talk to us, interact with us. Words of affirmation are our number one love language. We'd love to hear. We sound really needy. We are very needy. 866-713-9675. All right, 25 years ago, 24 plus years ago, Mark Pearson from Nepsis, that's right, one of our major show sponsors, he and I started a networking group in Burnsville, Minnesota, about a half a mile from where I sit right now. I actually don't know exactly. It's probably less than a half a mile from where I sit right now. There was a realtor. There was a financial planner. There was a life insurance salesperson. Do you remember her? That's right. Living too long, dying too soon, and getting sick and hurt along the way. Do you remember that one, Merlin? I absolutely do. A life insurance salesperson, an auto body company, a print marketing company, and an attorney. Mr. Merlin Minards. 24 years later, a few of these members are still my friends, and we sit with Merlin and his wife, Lisa, today. We got involved in a small group with our friends, Merlin and Lisa Minards, about 23 years ago, and that, without a doubt, has been the premier 
really time in our lives that launched us to where we are today. If not for that small group, I don't know if we'd be on air today. Well, we definitely wouldn't have some of the focuses that we have um, that that grew out of our time there. Out of that small group, Crown Financial Ministry, Marriage Ministry, and really a love for ministry. Just fantastic. Love that small group. Today, we're sitting with Merlin and Lisa Minerts, longtime friends. Merlin is an attorney, and yes, you know I've already vetted him. Don't worry. Yes, it's possible for somebody to love Jesus and be an attorney. And wait till you hear one of the stories where Merlin and I go way back. To a certain doctor in my life where Merlin rescued me in front of a <laughs> county court judge. And Lisa Miners, his bride of 24 years. You guys, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's exciting. Merlin, you've been, on, you've been on radio. You were on radio in college, weren't you? I started uh, working in radio when I was 16. 16. And then I worked my way through college doing radio. So it's been a long time and, ago. And what does that mean, doing radio? You were a DJ? I, I was a, a DJ. When I was in high school, I'd get off of away from school and head off to the studio, and I'd be on the air until 11 o'clock at night. Spinning records. Spinning records. You know, the best of 1978. <laughs> and that was in southern Minnesota, right? It was. What was the name of that town? Laverne, Minnesota. Laverne, Minnesota. Yeah. Southwestern Minnesota, where the, yeah. when the snow flies, it never piles up there because it just keeps blowing. There's nothing but flat land there. It's a wind tunnel. It is a wind tunnel. And Lisa Miner, it's, you know, we only got to meet you. I think we met you like the day you got married. I'm pretty sure that's the day we got. <laughs> Merlin was talking about you in that networking group as we sat. And he was like, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. Hey, you should come. I'm like, we'd love to come, but we don't know your bride, but we came anyway. <laughs> I think he was just looking for free presents. I think it's free gifts, wedding gifts. Is that or we it? were desperate for guests. I'm not no, sure. You're, no, I believe, wasn't it Grace Church you guys got married at? Yes. Yeah, or, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, no, 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 it was no. Wooddale. 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 That's right, Wooddale. She's Grace. so amicable. Yes. No. Where right. did we yeah. get married, honey? <laughs> Wooddale Church in Eden. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people yes. in the audience. Mm-hmm. All right. We're just grateful to be able to catch up with you guys on the air and to hear how God's been working in your lives as we shared that momentous small group experience back in the late 90s and it really did if not for our buddy greg bast we would never have taken crown financial ministries and that literally when we finished that i don't know if you guys even know this part of the story but when we finished crown financial ministries right before we moved to gaylord we said lord we're we are willing to go for all in debt free so that when you ask us to do something we will never be able to say well we've got debt we can't do that and we would never be on the radio today if not for Greg Bast, because he got us on the path to Crown Ministries. God moved our hearts to becoming debt-free, and you could never do what we've done without being debt-free. It's just amazing. That small group had a huge impact. And because of that small group, marriage ministry is such a huge part of our lives. So, And that story we won't go into today. So let's just talk, Merlin and Lisa. We do this with every guest we bring on the show. 1,100 shows later, we always start off with Jesus. How did you become a Jesus follower? Merlin, why don't you make it a little easier for Lisa? Lisa's a little reluctant radio uh, talk person today. <laughs> she didn't have all that DJ experience. She didn't have all that DJ experience. She <laughs> married the DJ and the piano player. Merlin can literally sit in front of a piano, and you name him a tune, and he'll pick it up and play it on the piano. Can you still do that today? You know, I have a very limited repertoire these days, but <laughs> I can try. The kids sucked it out of you. Your three e- children exactly. and 25 years of law sucked That's it out exactly of you. exactly right. All right, so how did you become a follower of Jesus? Well, I was fortunate to grow up in a Christian home. So Jesus has always been at the forefront of my mind and my consciousness and my awareness because it was part of the family culture. Hmm. Um, But I became lucky enough to have that personal knowledge and that awareness as a young child. 
and uh, grew up in a church that really nurtured that relationship and and uh, created that good launching point into adulthood. Hmm. From there, you know, some twists and turns in the road, uh, but uh, it's always been an ever-present influence in my life. But ever since you met Lisa, of course, it's been a straight path because she's kept you on the straight and narrow. Well, that's true. You know, a little missionary <laughs> dating never hurts. <laughs> Lisa, tell us about that. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, my story is much different than Merlin's. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian home, did not have the benefit of knowing who God was as I was growing into my adulthood. Um, In college, I did meet someone who encouraged me to pursue kind of this longing that I felt I always had, but didn't know where to find it Mm -hmm. or find him. And uh, so I did accept Christ as a college student, didn't follow up with that or follow through with what I should be doing. And truly, it's when I met Merlin that I really learned what a walk with God looked like and pursued him. Hmm. What year was that that you met Merlin? You pursued him or you pursued well, him? Well, you pursued, <laughs> you pursued him, plural. Capital Big H. Big him and a small. <laughs> yes. 1993. Hmm. And where'd you guys meet? No, Lisa, you can tell him. Where'd you meet? So Merlin and I met on a blind date. Um, I was actually, I got acquainted with Merlin's sister at a wedding that we were both at and we followed up and went out to dinner together and she and I were talking and here we are young women in our mid twenties, not dating anyone and a light bulb goes off and she said, Hey, would you go out with my brother? (laughs) She felt sorry for you. I said, Oh, sure. What's his name? And she said, Merlin. And I said, Oh, but then I said, okay, that's fine. I'll give him a chance despite his, his first name being Merlin. And well, so, Merlin, how did that first date go? Your sister, your big sister, she's looking out for you. And, and oh, yeah. I, I owe her a debt of gratitude mo- most days. Most days. But what Lisa didn't tell you is that her nickname at the time was Fish. So she would call my sister and I lived together while I was in law school and she was working up here. This girl would call and ask for my sister. If she wasn't home, I was supposed to leave her a message, just say, tell her fish called. And I was intrigued by who this fish person was. Eventually, we got to meet, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Right. And when we come back on iWorkRim, you get to hear the rest of the stories. Martha and I talk with some longtime friends. We don't have that many friends that are longtime friends as couples. No, but, but we're very careful to not say old friends because none of us are old. Well, they're way younger than we are anyway, so that's okay. It's exciting to be with Merlin and Lisa Minerts. Longtime friends. We were in a small group together back in the 90s, which if you guys are longtime listeners of iWorkRim, you've heard us talk about that small group mm-hmm. many, many times. All right, Merlin and Lisa, you guys have now been married. How many years, Merlin? Why are you looking at Lisa? I asked you the question. <laughs> we'll be celebrating 25 years of marriage next year. But Which means you're celebrating 24 this year. It was a fall and, wedding, wasn't it? Wasn't it a fall wedding? Yeah, October 1. That's right. Is this know. a quiz? Are you trying to trip yes, me up here? he oh. is. Hey. The other exciting thing? Yes. October 14th will be the 25th anniversary of our first date. All right, and and hey. this is how we know you guys are like-minded because Jim knows all those dates as well. <laughs> <laughs> this August, Martha and I will celebrate 36 years of knowing each other. Wow. That's right, but we yes. met as little kids, so, you know, of 16-year-olds. <laughs> little, little, Well, little, because Martha's always been little, and then there's me. All right, so you've been married 24 years in October. 
you've got three incredible children, and Hannah, your oldest, I heard through Facebook, Martha made sure she drew it to my attention. So therefore, we know it's public, right? That's right. <laughs> you, what, what's going to happen there, Grandma? So Hannah got married last year as a 21-year-old, and they just celebrated their one-year anniversary and told us that they are expecting their first child, and we are... Are you ready to be Grandma? I guess so. <laughs> Of course, I am. of course I am. Of course I am. What about yes. you, Grandpa? Cannot wait. It is going to be a life-changing experience. Oh, yes, yeah. it is for them. You're just going to be, you get to do all the really good stuff. You get to babysit and then send the kid home. You get to spoil the child and send it home. It's, it's great stuff. Now, once they actually let you do the babysitting, we're still waiting for Joshua to let us babysit. What's the deal? <laughs> is he the, did I leave that kind of an impression? He's still afraid to leave me alone with his... Well, you know, we'd have to drive four hours to go babysit. I'm willing to do that, though. I'm willing to babysit. Yes. Do everything you can to incent your children never to move far away. Because it's (laughs) one of those things. It's just one of those deals. Okay. So how, when you look, Merlin, I want, how has your faith impacted your marriage? How has your faith made your marriage better than average? Well, because we have an absolute common ground. That we have a similar focus, a similar worldview, a similar value system, and I think it just breeds that common respect for each other and love for each other because of the miracle that is our marriage in the first place. So ask me how I know God exists. I point to several miracles, one of which was finding Lisa mm-hmm. and creating the life we've been able to create together that he has blessed us with. What, what do you say? I mean, how have you, you know, you're supposed to be, the, the husband is supposed to be the, the spiritual leader of the household. How have you led Lisa and the three kids, uh, Hannah, Zach, and Rachel, how have you led them spiritually? Well, I think being grounded in the word and, and having it as a constant conversation. I, it, somewhere in the Old Testament, it talks about being at the forefront as you're walking down the road, as mm-hmm. you're at work, as you're at play, keep these things before you. Mm-hmm. And I think as we grew together as a family and as our kids got older, it was a constant source of our dialogue, a constant source of who we are as a family and how we related to each other and how we talked about things. So just having that conversation and making it a a theme of who you are and what you do and why you do it uh, hopefully makes it feel real and tangible to them. Hmm. So Lisa, this Christian marriage thing was a new new idea to you, though, 24 years ago. Absolutely. Now you've seen it play out 24 years. You guys have gotten lots of experience. How have you seen your faith make an impact on your marriage? My marriage is something that I can depend on um, because I know that I can trust Merlin because of his faith in God, that he is somebody that I can rely on, depend on, and just trust that no matter where he is or what he's doing, he's thinking of me and he's considering me in all things because of his faith. So when Hannah went to go meet this man that she's now married to and having your first grandchild with, how did Hannah ever come back to you, Merlin, and say, Dad, you know, I'm marrying him because I see this in him that I see in you. It's interesting because she even talks about how his mannerisms are similar to mine and how things he says or little responses that he might have are similar to mine. So I get that as a constant reminder. Hmm. You know, he's a good-looking young man, so I'm pleased to be associated <laughs> with with his uh, demeanor in any way. 
That's hilarious. That's great. So what does that make you, um, does that make you realize how much your kids have been watching you over the years? Speak to that. Well, there's, there's no question that uh, the, the, the greatest example your children will ever have is uh, their, their parents before them. Mm-hmm. And I see that every day in my work, how the parents' reactions and lack of reactions, lack of attention has a direct effect on how their children thrive or don't thrive, how they fail or succeed. So no question, it's a, it's a heavy burden to bear. But having that awareness early in life I think can make a big difference instead of living with regret as an older person, not having had that focus as a parent of younger kids. Mm-hmm. Lisa, if you started getting the phone calls from Hannah going, well, maybe, I mean, she's been married over a year. Mom, you did it this way. Can you remind me how to do that again? I mean, have you started to get smart again in Hannah's eyes? Not yet. Not yet. So she's not calling yet. <laughs> Not yet, although what I hear more from her now is how much she appreciates what I did as her mom, and because now she's finding herself in a different role, so now she kind of has a different perspective. So I feel like what I did as mom um, and Merlin's partner has definitely had an impact on her, and I see her trying to model that, mostly good, some of the bad, um, our kids do learn both from us, don't they? They do. They've seen it all. They've seen it all. <laughs> yes. I apologize for the stuff that they learned bad from me. They didn't learn anything bad from Martha. I just, oh, well. I call I'm Joshua sure every did. once in a while like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Sarah's just like me. So I'm like, you can't do that. I thought I taught you better. But Joshua, I just have to apologize to. All right. So Zach and Rachel still still on the rising tide. Neither of them you know, are ready to tie the knot with anybody. Well, Rachel's only 19, but that, you know, I got married at 19. And look what that did for you. That's right. I've got an incredible <laughs> wife, 32 years. That's right. You're right. All right. But so. as parents, that seems so much younger when we look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't believe we were that young. But, but anyway, if you know what God's plan is for you, Walk it out. Give That's us right. one highlight moment. And, 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 you know, I know this is a, it's a workplace ministry show, but we, when we get a married couple here on the air, we like to highlight marriage because marriage is the fabric of society. And it's mm-hmm. a fabric that's been torn at from one, you know, one seat, a shining seat. So when we could talk about a marriage that's made it through the tough times, made it through raising kids, because raising, <laughs> raising teenagers, that's always fun. Um, and now adult children, that's even more fun. Talk about the highlights. What's the biggest highlight? For you, Merlin, in the last 24 years of marriage? Every day waking up next to Lisa. Oh, he but is such a romantic. I know, I know. But the, the real answer, I can think of all kinds of them, but one that, that I think is at the forefront of our mind all the time is our son, Zachary. He was born with a congenital, uh, congenital condition related to the formation of his eyes. In fact, he's missing almost a third of his eye tissue. Part of, of his retina, part of his optic nerve, part of his pupil, are all malformed. And we knew that from his early earliest days. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, we brought him to the Mayo Clinic, a foremost authority on all things optical. And uh, we had no idea what he'd be able to see, if he'd be able to see, what he'd be able to process, would there be normal growth, and those types of things. Now, with the benefit of now 21 years of experience being able to look back in time, we can see the miracle that is Zachary, mm-hmm. that he has uh, corrected vision to almost 2020, that he has some 
depth perception issues, but he's otherwise fully, fully functioning. But I mention that because we frequently go with him to checkups at the Mayo Clinic, and the ophthalmologist, you know, he's this foremost op- pediatric ophthalmologist in the world, tells us now when he's bringing in these residents who are learning from him, mm-hmm. said, this is living proof while you never tell a parent in advance what a child could or couldn't be able to do. Because when we saw Zachary, I would have told you this boy would never be able to see in his life. And in fact, the vision he now has, the miracle that is his vision, is in the eye with the most devastation and the least amount of eye tissue. And he's driving, right? And he's driving and he's fully functioning, you know, other than cosmetically. You could notice something's going on with his eyes. You'd otherwise not have clue. Mm. Which one of the three is most likely to uh, be the future attorney? Well, and uh, Zachary is actively considering law school as he finishes college. So, mm. so he was the one that argued through everything at the dinner table. He's a he, not just arguing, but he's a very thoughtful, deep, deep, deep thinker. Hmm. So, what I love about Merlin is he always thinks before he speaks. He always yeah. chooses those words. Yeah. It's just amazing. You admire that. I do admire Merlin, that. Don't I just <laughs> wish I could have that skill. Talking to some people that have made a significant influence in our lives, great friends that have a story to tell who are living out their faith each and every day in their workplace. And we know this because we've tested it, we've tried it, we've seen it in action. But they also have a great marriage, and they have great kids. And we wanted you to hear a little bit of that story. And Merlin didn't leave Lisa enough time, as we talked with Merlin and Lisa Miners. <laughs> he didn't leave Lisa enough time to share her highlight story. That's right, Lisa. So just share with our listeners a little bit about what you see as a, a miracle or a highlight in the years of your marriage together. Well, when I think about our marriage going back, I... I'm overwhelmed just with gratefulness because I think Merlin is the husband that I really didn't deserve. Mm. And I look back and I just think about how he has loved me and loved our family. And he has done that in big ways because Merlin is kind of a big personality and he does do things really in big ways, which is awesome when you're the recipient of it. So when I look back on our marriage, I just think of the special things that he's done for me and the way that he has showed me how much he loves me. Um, I could tell some of those stories, but I don't know that I want to go into. You don't want to give a big head. No. We don't want to protect the airspace. Right. But I just, that's what I think of when I think of our marriage and just what a miracle it is that we did find each other Mm -hmm. uh, in the way that we found each other. And um, I'm just grateful. Mm. Now, are you guys in a small group today? We are not. You are not. Wow. After that last, after our last small group experience, have you ever been in a small group again? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) I think that's one of those things we've struggled with Mm -hmm. since in those last 20 years. All right. Let's start talking about work. Merlin Minerts, when I first met you, you were kind of figuring out your niche within the law world. And I drug you into a lawsuit. As an insurance agent and as a guy who just loved people, I was, you know, I was learning the meaning of no good deed goes unpunished. And I had, <laughs> and, and a very, you know. It's just you been got, a common theme. It has been a common theme. <laughs> and, you know what, and you know, Paul, the apostle wrote about that. You know that, Merlin, right? I you do. know Because he says, don't grow weary of doing good things, which is because he had to write that because no good deed goes unpunished. Well, Mark Pearson from Nepsis Capital, who's a longtime supporter, really from the very beginning of I Work For Him. He and I drug Mark into this deal. One of my clients had gotten hurt in a car wreck, and we decided to go help and shovel 
this person's driveway. We'll call him the good doctor. And we went and shoveled his driveway and his sidewalks. And lo and behold, in the spring, I got sued for $45,000. And I called Merlin. I said, Merlin, I think I don't know if I was in tears, but Why I was did pretty you get close. What, what was the reason? You because didn't explain he that. said that the snow got put in the wrong place and it flooded and wrecked all his stuff. And I called Merlin and I said, Merlin, what on earth am I going to do? And you rescued us. That was an incredible day. You can't shake your head. This is radio, my friend. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, indeed I did. Yes. <laughs> but it was a great day. It was a great Do you remember the court day? Do you remember oh, that? I, I do crystal clear because, you know, it felt like the Lord had prepared the way. He had the right judge with the right mindset, with the right perspective, who was indignant that a youth group of kids who are out trying to do the right thing and be of help to this guy would then be the recipient of nastiness and litigation. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. hilarious. I love that. That was when I knew the epitome of, wow, no good deed goes unpunished. But the good doctor... But we know that that's not really true. And, and the fact that not no good deed, right. plenty of good Some deeds... Some good deeds will not go are, unpunished. Are, ...are very well received right. by people. But... Hurt people, hurt people. Hurting people, and, hurt people. And, that is uh, correct. And that is something that we have to move beyond and not just say, well, I'm never going to shovel a walkway again. You know, but I am, In Florida, I am never <laughs> shoveling a driveway. <laughs> what if there's sand on it? But Merlin, over these years now, 24 years later, I can't remember when we started that networker group in 94, had you been an attorney for a lot of years already? Oh, no. I was, it was brand, like, you were brand new, new, right? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. it's really, you've, you're, you've matured into a family law expert over these years, right? Some might call me that, yes. So how is, I mean, but that's an ugly part of law. I mean, that can have some real ugliness, yet some real ministry opportunities. How have you seen God mature you into the, I mean, you're a pastor to a lot, a minister to a lot of people mm-hmm. each and every day, but it's an ugly part of law. Well, I, I would say that there's not a day that goes by that I don't, experience, you know, the verse in Jeremiah, the human heart is desperately wicked. Who could know it? I mean, I see I have a front row seat to how people betray each other, mistreat each other, and otherwise are, are horrible to each other as spouses and as parents. And uh, I, I'm here doing what I do because I'm more convinced than ever that it's a calling. Mm. This is my ministry. This is, this is where God has put me. And, uh, you know, like it or not, the divorce rate of the Christian church is almost as high as the population at large. So there are, there are those who are believers who find themselves in circumstances where they need legal counsel. They need the help of someone hopefully wise and tender yet direct to help get them through uh, what may be one of the lowest parts of their lives. That's where I'm called to be. So talk about that just a little bit because, um, you know, you you have an end goal with your clients, you know, to get them through it, whatever that looks like, because I'm sure every single case is differently. But what, um, what are you able to, um, how are some of the ways that you're able to just encourage them as they go through it and, and let them know it's not going to be the end of everything? The first uh, line of defense when I meet anybody for the first time is to make sure they're making the decision that they understand and can commit that there's no reasonable hope for saving their marriage. So it's it's a, a reasonable request of people to fully explore their motives and the reasons why they're here in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
But if it is unavoidable, my job is to help shepherd them through that process, hopefully to do so collaboratively so I'm a problem solver, not a problem creator, mm. and see them uh, into a position where they see hope at the next chapter of their lives. So my frequent parting words to my clients almost every time I meet with them is, it's going to be okay. Because they need to understand that as they're standing in the middle of this minefield, that there is a hope for tomorrow. You know, so I have a question. In the last segment, we talked a lot about your guys' marriage. How has your position um, helped you to keep your marriage strong? What is it that, you know, when, what kind of resolve has it given you over the years? It has given me an intense appreciation mm. for knowing uh, what can and often does go wrong in marriage relationships and to have a steady partner who's faithful and true is something to be cherished beyond measure because many people don't have that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about writing a book on here's all the stupid ways to destroy your marriage? I've seen them in all these cases. Have you ever thought about writing that book? Yeah, you know, I, I, the, the, the working title right now is The Divorce Lawyer's Guide to Saving Your Marriage. Oh. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I love it. We will, I would be willing to do a dozen shows highlighting that book if there you write go. that book. Fair enough. And I am not kidding. Because yeah. we talk about that all the time. Yeah. We've, we've actually got a divorced stepmom whose ministry is to step, she's to step parents all about, here's how to stay married so you don't have to do what I did because yeah. it's, it's such a disaster. What I mean, to avoid. Have you ever having... had a parent say, well, my kids will be okay. They're resilient. Have you ever had a parent tell you that? The, the, that's absolutely true that they say that. But the reality is, is that the research that's being done with regularity relates to what are called adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. And the more that you have adverse childhood experiences, the higher the likelihood of mental health crises and other problems into adulthood. Hmm. Divorce is one of those adverse childhood experiences. So just by going through the divorce process itself, you're having a negative effect on your children's future both Mm -hmm. mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. Lisa, what have some of those conversations been like over the dinner table over the last 24 years as you guys talk about what he's experiencing and and as your kids? I mean, have you guys had some of those dinner conversations? Oh, for sure. And I think when Merlin comes home, often it's just he has to just kind of, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what I heard today. No details, names, or anything like that. But can you believe that this is how people are actually treating treating each other in their marriage or in their family? Um, and it really has been good for all of us, I think, to just go, wow, we don't want that. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do, what do we do here? How do we love each other, communicate with each other? So that is not a scenario we ever need to worry about. And I think it's, our kids are extremely grateful that for our, our leadership as, as uh, mom and dad, um, that that isn't anything they have to worry about. Um, and I think Merlin has just, become a wonderful husband because he sees what other people are doing and he doesn't take me or our children for granted. And I think that's what people are doing all the time in this world. They just take each other for granted and do and say whatever they feel like doing and saying without Mm -hmm. considering each other. So what a good point because of the fact that, um, you know, culture isn't really working very hard to build up the marriage. So many things are detracting from it, but what a great point that if we can just learn to not take each other for granted, that's a starting point, Mm -hmm. you know, because we just assume, 
of course, when we get married, everything's just going to be great, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it is going to be great, but that takes work. It doesn't just, you know, it's not, it's a magical, beautiful day of a wedding, but the marriage is a whole different um, ball game. So right. um, being, realizing that you're modeling that for your kids and for your kids as friends, because you know that there's that trickle effect. You're mm-hmm. being watched by everybody because I can... I can imagine that your home is different than other people's homes, you know, so um, that's a good thing to be aware of. And we've talked about that many times over the years that, you know, we you get to know your kids as friends and they're not all coming from um, homes that are still together. And we didn't have attorney client privilege to protect, but most of our kids were in the home when we were doing marriage mentoring and that we sent them in the bedroom and <laughs> hear things. We had to talk through those things afterwards because they heard some of those same things. I mean, it's just amazing. Merlin, how often do you get a chance to actually pray with a client? You know, it's interesting that, that, uh, there are certainly those opportunities that arise, you know, and I obviously have to be respectful to those people who have different perspectives, but clients will come to me and ask me to pray with them and for them before mm. a court hearing or a mediation or something like that. So it's, uh, cause you're dealing with people at the end of their rope, which is often when they're the most receptive to the message of Christ. Yeah. I think that, that until you're in that position, you never really respect how, how intense that experience is for someone. It's the equivalence of a death, mm-hmm. right? a sense of loss and a sense of grief that oftentimes is life-altering. It's a death that just keeps on giving. That's what a divorce is. So we want to keep you from getting divorced. We don't want you to ever have to call Merlin Minerts, but if you have to, you can check them out online, Merlin, Merlin Minerts or MinertsLaw.com if you're out here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. You know, Jim, I just want you to remind our listeners of how you first met Merlin because I love the story you told at the beginning of the show, and some people may not have um, heard you say that. Okay, so everybody that knows me and has listened to the show knows that I am, networking is one of my spiritual gifts. I connect people all over the country. Well, that's how this started. I met Merlin in a networking group that Mark Pearson from Nepsis Capital, one of our sponsors of our show, he and I started all those years ago, 24 what years ago. What was that ago. called? I don't remember what it was called. Do you remember it was? Oh, bond, boy. The Bonds Group. The Bonds yeah, Group. Bonds. Benefits of yes. Network Development South. That's what it was. I was trying <laughs> to think of it this afternoon. I couldn't think of it. The Bonds Group. Benefit of so Network Development. So out of that networking group, you a created lifelong a relationship, relationship with Absolutely. Merlin. And, and it's funny. And we had this. We had this. I just got to say it. Jules Matson. She was the disability lady. And she had this tagline, which is why I know taglines are so important. She, her 30-second infomercial. I help people with the problems of living too long, dying too soon, and getting sick and hurt along the way. If you want to get a hold of me, call call me Jules Matson. Jules, if you're listening here in Minneapolis, just know I've never forgotten your 30-second infomercial. So we're talking with Marilyn and Lisa Minerts, two very dear friends who have incredible careers and are living out their faith each and every day, but they're very different careers, very divergent. Marilyn is a family law attorney for 24 years, helping helping families. Have you ever got to help a family out of a divorce? Like... Get it like you got them into mediation and they actually worked it out and moved forward? Yeah, you know, one, one of the interesting stories is a couple that I worked with who eventually, through my help, reconciled and mm. then they ended up starting a marriage ministry at their local church and are now working with uh, parties and couples that are in crisis. Fabulous. So they happens. can speak to that no better than anyone. They, they were at the edge of the cliff looking down and back. Well, and have you wow. had the opportunity to where you, I mean, do you have a network of family counselors, marriage counselors and marriage ministries that you could send people to if, if they actually, I know if they got to both be willing to work on it, 
But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Do, do you, yes. have, do you have it? Oh, you have to. You have to. I work hand in hand with marriage therapists and individual therapists and pastors and counselors and mm. others who are just those kinds of resources. That's great. Well, Lisa, on the other end of the coin, you're dealing with people's money, which is often the cause of a lot of people's marriages because of how they mishandle money. As a banker, you've been in banking now how many years? Well, I started in banking in 1986 as I was paying my way through college. Um, got a journalism degree, never pursued that as a career, and just stayed in banking. So off and on for what now? How many years? That's a lot. Uh, that's, that's 32 that's, years. Yes, right yes. Um, but for the last... But you started at 14, so that's okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But for the last six and a half years, I've worked at a small community bank here in Lakeville, Minnesota, just south of Burnsville. A great town where I was once approached about becoming mayor. <laughs> and I said, really? I don't think so. Okay. So, Lisa, as a banker, you're a personal banker. Yes. Okay. How have you seen your job play out as a ministry? Well, I'm just, I'm, I am here uh, in my position to serve people, uh, really to just answer questions, help them along, figure things out, and um, just with patience and understanding and respect of who they are and where they're at, helping with whatever they need. And I absolutely love it. Well, often you get people, I mean, you're sitting around a desk, I'm assuming, and people tell you all kinds of things that you never ask for. Oh, Yes. Oh, yes. Well, well, I mean, how often do you get a chance to let somebody pour their heart out to you and then you get a chance to talk through it with them? Oh, I would say that's probably on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um, just to encourage them. I would say I've probably only been given the opportunity to pray with somebody a couple of times. I sit in the middle of a bank lobby, um, so it's not very private, but I have had occasion to just to, to be able to do that. I ha- am fortunate to sit at a desk and up behind me on the wall, it does say, in God we trust, mm. um, because of the president of the bank has had decided when the bank was designed that that was important to have that up on the wall. It's on our money, but it's also behind our philosophy of doing business. So when you came in today, you shared, um, is it the core values of your bank or what was the mission we, statement? Right. Well, we have the statements of belief and there are values that were that the bank is founded on. Integrity, honesty, respect, service, attitude, and professionalism. Mm. And it's something that we share with all of our customers um, when they come in. And I just, I feel like we just, we fit um, a niche that is not served by any other bank in the area and I think people just feel very comfortable with us and and with me in particular and it's just I feel like I'm in my sweet spot but you came in going hey wait a minute listen to this it sounds so so much like what you guys talk about in I work for him what was that statement that you were reading well there's a when I was reading through the values that we have I also was looking at your website Mm -hmm. today and there is a spot on your website where you said be the best and brightest of an employee in your position a person who seeks and displays excellence and really, that is kind of my motto that I take with me when I go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw that on your website, I'm like, mm-hmm. bingo, yeah. that's me. You know, it's something that we love talking with because a lot of people don't even think about it. So um, I'm going to take a moment here and just remind everybody we're listening with, talking with Lisa and Merlin Minerts right here in Burnsville, Minnesota, Jim, where we went to high school. And, um, a few years ago. Just a few years ago, although we don't 
ever come back for the um, reunions, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> but one. Any, well, hello to all of our Burnsville friends out there if you're listening. But um, we just want to thank you guys. We've been able to talk about your um, law practice and banking and then talking now with you, Lisa, about the excellence that you desire to bring with you every day. Um, a lot of people don't even think about that. So having the opportunity, that's one of the reasons we do this show is so people can think about what they're doing every day because we all go to work, whether it's working at home, working with our family, working out in a corp- or in the corporate world. Um, we want to just challenge people to think about what you're doing and how that can be a ministry. So let's look forward. Let's look forward. Merlin, you've got, maybe you've got 20 plus years ahead of you yet in family law practice. How I do hope you, not. <laughs> he was being you know, oh. generous and careful. <laughs> well, God's going to have you in some form of the, I mean, it's not like that's going to go away. I mean, you're, maybe you won't be doing it 70 hours a week, but what do you see? Where do you see the Lord taking you next? I mean, you've been doing this for 24 years. What, what's God got in front of you? I think my my pathway is becoming uh, clearer and clearer all the time, and that is I'm transitioning uh, to a greater percentage of alternative dispute resolution. I do a lot of mediation, uh, uh, different forms of early neutral evaluations, we call them here, uh, places where I can sit in the in the middle chair and help be a conduit of helping people figure things out together. Mm. And I think that uh, I really feel that that is my sweet spot as I'm sitting together and trying to collaborate with people and bring a sense of peace to the chaos that otherwise exists. How does it work? I mean, because a lot of times people are coming together, they're pissed at each other. I mean, they are angry at each other. Well, it, it's and, and not... And they're sitting in front of you. How do you get, how do you get, how do you get them to find peace? In well, step number one is getting them to sit in the same room at the same time to begin with. Oftentimes there's a sense of reluctance to do that and uh, you know, depending on the situation, there may be times where that's not appropriate. But most of the time, uh, you loved each other to, enough to look at each other in the eye and say, I do. You might as well look each other in the eye now and figure out how to solve the issues that are before you. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of times it's just a, a call to accountability for people. Mm-hmm. When they say something stupid to each other or hurtful or painful, calling it what it is and, and asking for that sense of recognition from the other party. Sometimes it's as simple as asking them to make amends and to, to apologize for a certain behavior that existed during the marriage. You ever thought about becoming a judge or a magistrate? Or? You know, you know that, I think that ship has sailed. I think that uh, that may have been an opportunity years and years ago. And yes, I've been approached to do it, but I think that uh, I love what I do so much mm-hmm. right now. I would hate to. So you're in your sweet spot. Yeah, I am in my sweet spot. Lisa, what about for you? What, what, what's ahead? I mean, bank president, bank, you know, you want to own your own <laughs> bank? What, what, what's next? No, I'm, I also find myself just to be in my sweet spot. Um, but when I, when I look beyond where we're at right now, I think about Merlin and I. And, you know, we spent 24 years. We had children right away after we got married. And we have been parenting and doing that. And now I think for our marriage, I'm thinking, what is our mission? Our marriage isn't just about our marriage. It has to be about what our mission is. And I think now as we enter into these twilight years, which we're not quite there yet, but... Well, you're, em- you're entering in the empty nesting years. Yes. You haven't quite got them all <laughs> exactly. out yet, but... We've exactly. been in the twilight zone. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's years. what it is. So I'm just looking forward for us to figure out together what our mission is going to mm. be and what legacy are we going to leave, just not on our family, but on our community. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to figuring out. Hmm. That's a lot of fun. Do you agree with that, Merlin? 
I do. I mean, there there are ta- talents and abilities my wife has that I think have been untapped and unexplored, and I cannot wait to see what that looks like in the big picture. So we'll do a show in the future talking about that calling, and when you've got your book written, I do have people that will help ghostwrite that for you, and I have publishers that will help produce that for you, so let's get that there. What was the title again, Merlin? The Divorce Lawyer's Guide to Saving Your Marriage. You heard it first here on I Work For Him, right here in Burnsville, Minnesota. Merlin Minerts, Lisa Minerts, thank you for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It wasn't so bad, was it, Lisa? It wasn't. That's that's good. (laughs) Oh, Martha, it's fun to be in our hometown. It is. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I Work work For him. Him.